Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's really good to have you with us on this holiday series as we jump into the book Prayer Power with Dr. Stuart Robinson. Stuart, many of you know, is a, is a good friend of practice and encourager, a father in the Lord to us. And I had the privilege of uh, working closely with Stuart at Crossway Baptist for numbers of years and working under his leadership. I deeply respect Stuart and I love his input. But uh, he has just written a new book that uh, we're going to be putting to the ha- into the hands of many of our leaders, and uh, it's called Prayer Power. And I really wanted to grab him on the podcast so that he could bring us a, num- a series of short but uh, sharp uh, encouragements in the area of prayer power. And uh, that if you're listening and you haven't got this book, I'd really encourage you to go out and grab it because I think it's, uh, as I call it, one of the high points of Stuart's writing and uh, really, really encouraging. Welcome, Stuart, to the podcast. Good to be here, Dave. And thanks for, thanks for giving us the time. Um, Stuart, um, tell us a little bit about the book, what motivated you to write it, because you did do a book a long time ago called Praying the Price, and which um, was um, a real encouragement to many, I know. Yes. Well, I, I guess I've written a number of books on prayer over the years. Um, they're nearly all out of print, <laughs> uh, except um, for one called The Prayer of Obedience, which is just a small book. And uh, much of that small book has been incorporated into this large book, Prayer Power, as chapter one. Um, prayer has always been something which has fascinated me. Um, ever since I became a Christian. And I was always mystified uh, when I became a Christian. Uh, I was told uh, as an adult I became a Christian that you need to attend church. So I selected a church nearby and went there. And at the church I learned they had a weekly prayer meeting. So I'd go along to the weekly prayer meeting. But hardly anybody turned up. <laughs> and uh, I thought, gee, what, what is that? I thought Christians are supposed to be prayers, Mm. Um, but they didn't seem to connect between what happened on Sunday with what happened in the midweek prayer meeting. It it just didn't seem to rate in their importance, but it rated for some reason in my importance. And as I came to know the scriptures, of course, you you learn about the the priority of prayer and the importance Mm. of prayer. At least we learn from there uh, theoretically. But uh, putting it into practice, of course, is quite another thing. And um, when later I became a a missionary, cross-cultural worker, working in a third world situation uh, amongst a people who were quite hostile to the Christian message, uh, there coming under pressure uh, again and again, I learned that prayer changed the situation uh, in fact, uh, one of the reasons, of course, you, you quoted the, the title of the book, but the full title is uh, Prayer Power and the subtitle Changing the World and You. That th- I came to see that through prayer, things around us could be changed. And uh, because I was engaged in the process, it was also changing me. So in that third world context, uh, I, with my wife especially, we're often living alone and we learned dimensions of prayer and fasting 
which were, shall we say, unusual compared with the normal practice of what we think of as prayer in uh, back home in the Western Church. And uh, we saw God do unprecedented things, uh, not just in terms of saving us through difficult situations, but in starting new works uh, for which people had hopefully been praying for a couple of hundred years and we'd never seen any results like we started to see in our work and then called back to Australia. Mm. And uh, there, uh, God asked me to do another impossible thing and I didn't know how to do it. And uh, that was, of course, to uh, found a completely different sort of church in Australia. And uh, in, in coming back here, I brought with me uh, what I had learned experientially uh, in being away from the Australian culture. And so I implemented that. Uh, it took some years, of course, for that to take off. But the end result of that was that whilst churches all around us uh, were dying, um, God chose to breathe life into this church, which was called Crossway, and uh, it became one of the largest churches in the nation. But it, it was founded with the goal of 24-7 prayer. And it could not have come into being unless we had that sort of, uh, that, that sort of goal. In fact, um, while we're making this podcast, uh, tomorrow a group of men uh, are going to be presented. There are 15 of them. And they'll be presented with a free copy of Prayer Power because these 15 or 17 men every week now for about 30 years uh, or more, they have met just to pray. And I, I've said to them, Crossway would not exist uh, unless it was people like you who prayed it into being. So it became a, naturally a very big part of my life. Well, it, just great. And we we know and we work by the mantra, movements catalyze, are catalyzed by prayer. And prayer is such a vital part of, of movements. And knowing your history uh, in that uh, country amongst uh, a tough UPG there, Unreached People Group, and uh, seeing uh, out of nothing uh, now tens of thousands of people that have, have followed Christ and uh, been baptized and walking with God. It's just, just wonderful. Um, this book gets uh, quite prophetic uh, towards the end of the, the churches dying in, in the Western uh, sphere. And um, you want to just talk about the, quickly the, the, the importance of looking at, at the Western church mm. because we see in India, in Africa, in China, the exploding church, which mm. is just undergirded by passionate, mm. hot prayer. Um, I forgot to add that my my interest in prayer reached uh, academic heights because as I continued with a life of study alongside my life of the practice of Christian faith, I ended up doing a doctoral dissertation on the relationship between prayer and church growth, for which there is an incredibly high correlation, although correlation can't be said to be causation, but uh, the scripture would lead us by faith to believe that it is. And as I've traveled around the world, um, 
In the Western world, at least, there's no doubt the church is dying. I'm writing another book at the moment called um, Future History. And uh, the subtitle of that one is the, uh, the Rise and the Demise of Islam or Christianity. Uh, it won't be both because uh, the demographers are telling us that by the 2070s, Islam and its current growth trajectory will be the world's number one religion. That's numerically. Where will Christianity be? Well, I've done a, a significant research on every continent and I find wherever the West is, that's Europe, the Americans, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the church is dying at a rapid rate. In fact, um, it doesn't mean to say there are not good churches. There are. But overall, the church is dying incredibly. And here in the nation of Australia, uh, we learn that uh, from the people doing the research, every year, uh, 5% of churches are closing and there's only 1% of churches which are being planted. So that means with those mathematics, in 25 years, we'll virtually have nothing left. Uh, when you go to a place like uh, the United Kingdom, uh, there it's, it's even more dire because the latest mathematical modelling out of the UK shows that uh, by the 2090s, there won't even remain a recognisable Reformation denomination. That's people like... Uh, the Church of England or the Presbyterians, Baptists, uh, Methodists, those, they're, they're dying so rapidly. Again, there are good churches there, but there's not enough to support the critical mass to stay in place. And so um, the, the dilemma is that uh, we have in this era in the West the best educated clergy we have uh, the best state-of-the-art facilities. We have the most advanced technologies. We've got all of these things, and yet we're dying. The paradox is, wherever I travel in the world, and I do that quite a bit, where I find that there is explosive exponential growth, there are always three factors involved, and one of them is persistent, uh, prevailing, persevering prayer the like of which we do not experience here in Australia. And there are other two key factors there. Persecution is one. And uh, without going into those, but the, we're just focusing on the prayer thing here. If I could say anything to you, if you want your work, your church, your life, your family uh, to go and to grow, you have to take into account uh, that persevering, prevailing prayer. And unless we discover that in the West, then we've had it. A, a wit, an English wit once said that uh, the death of the church has often been predicted because it's gone to the dogs. But in every case, it was the dogs that died when the church revived. We need that revival now and we need to pray in toward that.